Hello and welcome back to another episode of Cowboys Chat with Shap. My name is Zach Shapwurst. With me is Vinny Tadaro. And uh, beyond some more draft coverage, we've got the uh, first day of legal tampering. So we've got some free agent news to talk about as well. Uh, but as always, we will start off with a trivia question. And this week it's Vinny asking me the question. So uh, yeah, go, go right ahead, Vinny. Okay, so th- this one's kind of in keeping with the news. Uh, okay. I've, we've both heard that Michael Irvin is in trouble yet again. Um, I yeah. personally... I, you know, I don't know the facts yeah. uh, for sure, but I'm kind of leaning toward him being set up in this occasion, you know, considering the fact that his attorney fought so hard to get the video, um, uh, you know, uh, available to them and, and to the public. Um, that doesn't sound like somebody who's got something to hide. Um, and he filed a $100 million defamation suit. That doesn't sound like somebody who's got something to hide either. Um, but regardless, if we go back in time, uh, Michael has had a history of uh, of uh, untoward behavior, yeah. shall we say? Yeah. And uh, maybe the craziest thing he ever did was when he stabbed Everett McIver in the neck with the scissors. Right. While they were waiting in line to get haircuts. Now I want yeah. you to name two cowboys who witnessed that. Ooh, good question. So this was 1998. I know that. Um, uh, let, let me go with Nate Newton. Is Nate Newton one of them? No. Okay. I want to say it was an offensive lineman. Uh, not Larry Allen. Um, hmm. It might have been, I feel like it was kind of mid-tier players. Oh, they, they were, were not mid-tier players. They were not? Okay, well, that's that's a good that's, hint. That's a second hint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So, I mean, definitely not Deion Sanders. Uh, Leon Lett? Yeah. Okay. So, Leon Lett, and then, let's see. I want to see, I think they are O-lineman. Um, I think there was an O-lineman. Uh, Eric Williams? No. Okay. Um, you want another hint? Yeah, yeah. All right, this guy was quoted as saying, my God, he's on our team. Okay. You know, that's a paraphrase. Yeah, yeah. Um Uh, I don't think this is it, but Chad Hennings? No. I don't even know if he was on the team. All right, I give up. Who's the second? Kevin guy? Smith. Kevin Smith. Okay. Okay, I was, I was way off on defensive linemen. Um, or defensive or, or offensive linemen. Yeah. I, I had personally never heard that story until this book I read called Boys Will Be Boys by Jeff Perlman, and that was, like, the first where chapter. I read it. What? Probably where I read it. Yeah, too. yeah. Um, that, which is a wild book for those who haven't read it uh, and are interested in the sword tales of the 90s cowboy. Or really, Jeff Perlman in general, he's kind of a, for some, infamous, but I, I think he's great for, like... It, you know, telling all in terms of any of the stories he tells, um, goes into some taboos. I feel like with the athletes and their lives, but I think it's interesting. Um, so, anyways, uh, start of free agency. Um, I, I think probably the best place to start. Well, good news, bad news for you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Let's go with bad news first. Bad news is that your man Jalen Ramsey is not a cowboy. <laughs> yeah, he's a dolphin. Yeah, um, you know, I somebody else proffered that idea of trading our first rounder to uh, the Rams for Jalen Ramsey and a third rounder, and I think you had the same idea, didn't you? Yeah. Say you would you would give up a one for Jalen Ramsey? 
I might have. I might have. All right, because right, I when it, that's when it that's when it kind of dawned upon me is you know that's that's an idea that I would have gone for. Yeah. I would have gone, and if they gave us Jalen Ramsey in a third for our one low down twenty six, mm-hmm. um, I would I would have gone for that. So I was hoping to see that, um, but obviously it didn't happen. Uh, the Dolphins, I think, got a good deal, um, giving up yeah. a. Just a third, you know, a getting third uh, and a no name third. player, basically. Yeah. yeah, third and somebody's got one catch in two, like like two years. Right. Uh, I, very, you know, very, you know, kind of highway robbery. But yeah. I guess the Rams were desperate. The Rams are really have cap problem now. Right. Um, I was just looking at the cap situations, and Chicago is got a whole, whole boatload of money, and yeah. my, my uh, and 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 the, the Rams are are really desperate to get underneath the the, the cap. Uh, I wish they would cut Aaron Donald. I would sign him. Right. Um, but uh, they did let Bobby Wagner go, and they say that we're we're talking to him. Um, that's going to come down to money, I think. Um, but uh, now the good news, I guess, for you is that we did. We will no longer have Connor McGovern in a Cowboys uniform. Right. Because the idiotic Buffalo Bills are paying him <laughs> what averages out to eight million a year. Now, who right. knows? The contracts are complicated, but it's three years, twenty-three million. And um, I have no idea why they did that. That 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 that's that's another one of those. Um, who was the Jeremy Parnell yeah, yeah, type yeah, yeah. deal? That that yeah. was what came to mind when I saw the. But I I will say this: the you know the. It happens every year, the first wave of free agency, most of the deals are pretty horrendous. Now, there's always a few tucked in that aren't too bad. A lot of the times it's players signing their own guys, but some of them are really horrendous. And this year, I I just tweeted this out where the Denver Broncos specifically remind me of the New England Patriots like two years ago where they just decided to spend all the money but like on like they, but they they did it in the first wave of free agency on like mid-tier players but they play, paid them all like their stars like they they got two tight ends for 14 both record setting dollar amounts and neither of that you know Hunter Henry was pretty decent but they gave it to Johnny Smith who's you know wasn't really an uh, who's kind of a nobody then and still is um they overpaid for Nelson Aguilar, so on and so oh. forth. The Broncos kind of did the same thing. And and one of the guys that they signed is this guy named Ben Powers, a guard for Baltimore, who I do think is better than Connor McGovern, but but not much better. And, and similar in that he was a better pass blocker than run blocker. And the Broncos gave him thirteen million a year. So when I saw that, I was thinking, well, I think Con- wasn't Connor Williams rated better as a run blocker than a pass blocker? Connor McGovern or Williams? Connor Connor McGovern. Well, I'm sorry, Connor said McGovern. Williams. Did you say Williams? You okay. said Williams, but yeah, I, I, Con- Connor McGovern, McGovern last year by Pro Football Focus was a much better pass blocker than run blocker. He, he graded okay. like the like the forties for run blocking and like seventies for pass blocking, okay. which you know evened out to about a, a mid grade of 60 something so so yeah ben powers the fact that he got that deal comparatively connor mcgovern wasn't nearly as bad as that i thought but it was still twice as much as i would have paid him. I, I would have paid him three or four million a year yeah um now the and yeah the jalen ramsey thing i mean that that hurt my soul seeing that it reminds me a little of randy i feel like it's this is like the randy moss of this era in except randy moss when the obviously we missed him in the draft but at least when the patriots traded for him there's some evidence that he had fallen off at that point he was coming off two lackluster seasons with the raiders there it wasn't you know people didn't know if he was just washed up or if he just didn't care and then obviously you know they get him for a fourth and he breaks the record for touchdowns the next season. Um, but Jalen Ramsey, there's no evidence to suggest he has fallen off at all. Um, he was, I think like the third graded cornerback in the NFL last year playing slot. Like they moved positions on him and he still did great at it. Like the guy is, you know, I don't think right now, but he's on pace to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think you can make a good case 
he's the best corner of his era. I think really the only guy that I can think of that's even in the conversation would be Stefan Gilmore. Um, well, you, but you know who's coming up, who, who might be better than all of them is the Jets guy, Sauce yeah, Gardner. Yeah, so I, I, would, I would take Sauce Gardner over Ramsey right now, but that's about it. As far as like just as a player, not not factoring in the youth or anything, I, yeah. I'd probably take Sertan just from an age standpoint. But just as as a guy that I'm confident in going into next season, Sauce is the only guy I would take over Ramsey. And the other thing about Jalen Ramsey is he's so physical that he could and probably will have a career resurgence at the end of his career once he slows down as as a corner which if never he will at safety exactly he'll yeah, he'll pull a rod yeah. woodson or charles woodson and probably can play till he's like 36 now now i think you can make an argument if you don't think he's gonna last as an elite corner for another you know three years the financials of that like is a safety worth 20 million a year that that's one you know take that I can kind of understand, but I think there's no evidence to suggest he's not going to be that level of corner for at least a couple more years. Well, and I, I think mean, that's he's replacing it. our guy, Byron Jones. Right. He's in a man-heavy scheme, which plays... I mean, he can. he's one of these guys that can play any scheme. Like, certain corners are much better in one scheme than another. I don't think it matters with him. Um and, and I think it's going to make it easier on Xavier Howard because he's been kind of living off his reputation. He's a little like Diggs where he, he'll have a few years with a lot of interceptions. Um, but the last couple years has been pretty rough on him. But now if you put Ramsey on the number one guy and, and uh, Diggs Howard plays the number two, I, th- I think if we had gotten him, that would have helped Diggs for sure not having to carry as much of a load, but whatever. And, it is and, what it well, is. Well, Denver had a, a boatload of cap space, right. and it sounds like, you know, from what you're saying, they, they used it foolishly. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. But um, the Eagles are starting to bleed. They lost their best yeah. defensive lineman, Hargrove, yeah. who went to the already great defense yeah. in San Francisco. Yeah. And so that gets to something that, I wanted to stress, I've probably said this before, but in the offseason, and this is my problem with the Cowboys' uh, lack of a, a more aggressive approach, you can't, you can't become less talented. You can't stay the same. you got to get better. they got to get yeah. better. You know, They play in a division with the second-best team in the league, um, two other teams – who are coming on, one of whom already made the playoffs. Um, they, they, they can't use the cap as an excuse to not get better. Um, now they're given an opportunity to upgrade at guard, which I know you wanted. I think you wanted it a little bit more than I did. But, you know, they're going to have to do that in free agency or the draft unless they, you know, they're serious um, with this idea of keeping Tyron Smith and bumping Tyler Smith inside, yeah. which I don't like that idea at I, all. I don't, I don't either. Like, I don't like keeping Tyron Smith. I don't mind keeping Tyron Smith, but he's got to take a pay cut. And, and let, let's, I think it's a good segue into the, the restructures because we've talked a lot about this, different ways to free up money to where if we wanted to, we could go hard in free agency. Um, so the first news, and this was a couple days ago, was restructuring Dak and Zach Martin. Yeah. I thought it was very telling that we did not restructure Demarcus Lawrence. That that signals to me that maybe he could be a cap casualty, not this year, but next year. Um, I don't like that. I, I think they should have done it. I think they should do it. Well, He proved to me last year he's got a lot of gas left. Yeah, I, I agree. But... You know, the DAC restructuring basically means that we are tied to DAC for, you know, for the rest of his contract, but even in the void years now. This, this is where we're kind of, we're, we're, we're kind of going to have to extend him now, or we're going to eat a huge cap hit in 2025. Because well, we, then, 
then you, you do that. If he's not yeah. producing, you have no no choice but to eat it. Yeah. Like a lot of like yeah. a lot of teams in this league have probably just about all of them have have eaten crow and money at the same time. And yeah, I mean, I knew they extended um, Martin. They restructured. Did they extend them or restructure them? Restructured Martin. And and it's a similar thing with Martin, but it's not nearly as bad. It's like a five million dollar cap hit in his void year versus Dak, where it's two years of of void years and one year. I think if it's a post June. But I don't, I don't even know if this applies because he's not cut. It's just the end of his term. So I think it might be like a $30 million cap hit um, in one year. I, I believe it's either $36 million one year or we could spread it over both void years and it would be 25 one year and 11 the other, which you're right. We could, we could bite the bullet, but it would put us in a bind for – for one year. I mean, that we had that with Romo. That happens to winners. It does. It does. Um, so, and then today, so we had those two a couple days ago, and then today, not too long ago, we decided we we're going to restructure Michael Gallup. Yeah, seven, oh, $7.4 million savings. Yeah, threes up $7 million. So, so now, when you factor in Tony Pollard, who we tagged, we should be, yeah. we, we've, we were over the cap by about five million, five to seven from different reports. So we've cleared up now thirty-seven. So minus ten for Pollard. We've got probably around twenty million to play with, as it stands. Um, I think it's a little more than that. I, I think that's a. Let, let me think. So it's over five. So we've freed up thirty. Two, or we're 32 million minus Pollard. So, so yeah, tw- I'd say 22 on the high end. Free, free money, uh, or free cap. And you want to seek, right? Right. So, so, so going back to going back to what you're you're saying. Part of the reason it, I don't want Tyrone Smith to be the left tackle is we have less to stand on for a contract renegotiation to get his cap hit lower. And I've been saying the last few weeks, I would like to keep Tyron Smith, but it's got to be in a backup role and it's got to be for a lot less money. I don't want to keep Zeke, period. I could live with keeping Zeke if it's two or three million a year, which it sounds like, sounds like he's not happy with that and and i really can't understand why our because apparently we're you know we still haven't come to an agreement it's like take the the two or three million or you're gone like that's i don't understand our front i i I do understand it's because he's a you know a liked player and he sells jerseys but from a football standpoint it makes no sense that you want to keep this guy around when you're going into a draft so deep in running backs. Um, I, I was thinking this week, it, it, and I've probably expressed this in, in one way or another throughout doing this podcast, but I, I do think since in the Will McClay era, since like 2014, 2013, I think we've done a, a very good job drafting players. I know you disagree with this but i think compared to other nfl teams yeah compared to other nfl teams i I think we are probably top tier like top five to eight somewhere in that range um and and i think we've actually done a, a pretty decent job with signing outside free agents when we've chosen to the the problem is we don't take a lot of shots and usually they're bargain bin but like of the bargain bin guys I'd say a decent amount have hit for what what they are. Now, are there guys we should have gone after that are are you know decent values? Sure, but I'd rather we do what we're doing in free agency than go the other extreme and be like the Broncos or the Patriots. the The big problem I have, and and I think this is, there's a, it's a great juxtaposition between two of the best teams at this and and us negotiating with our own players and and i think that part of this is is jerry jones being both the owner and the gm and like i think the 
you know, like with Ezekiel Elliott, I think it's the ticket sales, that that allure that is naturally going to be the case for the owner. That's why you have that separation because the GM is like, this is the football player and this is the dollar amount that makes sense for the football player and uh-huh. all that other crap doesn't matter. You know, to me, that's that's my one job. I think there's, you know, Stephen Jones, I think is kind of that guy, but Jerry Jones ultimately is the can overrule him, I think. And and you look at, I, I, I was very interested in, in the, the uh, was it Baltimore Ravens with Lamar Jackson. What they did was they, they decided to, I'm thinking it's not to the transition tag, it, or maybe it is the transition tag. They didn't exclusively tag him. They did the non-exclusive tag similar to what we did with Terrence Steele, but with him, it's basically any team can negotiate with him now and they can offer him a contract. And if the Ravens don't match it, the Ravens get two first round picks for him. And it's a ballsy move because you think Lamar Jackson, he won won an MVP. Um, He's kind of this iconic player, but He's been injured a lot the last few years, and since his MVP, he's really only been kind of a mid-tier quarterback. Um, and apparently, he's asking for Deshaun Watson money, and, and he's kind, he doesn't have an agent, so he's kind of like, you know, it, is it the Deshaun Watson deal plus inflation? Oh, it's not. It's not a fully guaranteed fifty million a year contract. Well, then no, and. I feel like if the Cowboys are in this position, I'm not saying we would cave to that, but we we wouldn't do what the Ravens are doing. The Ravens are, and and it, who knows how it'll work out, but I, I respect the process in it where they're saying, okay, you think you're worth that much? Let's see what the market has to say. And if the if no one's willing to give him a, and here's the, the brilliant part is the kind of deal that it would take for the Ravens not to match is the kind of deal that would be probably front-loaded to to be a lot of money up front. Um, and and that's going to sit on these teams. That's going to prevent the, the team that offers this contract from doing any moves in free agency for a week because the Ravens have a week to match it. So... So probably no one's going to offer him something because they know the Ravens will just match it. And he's going to end up having to play on the transition t- or the non-exclusive tag, which is like $34 million, which is a lot for him. That's a very below market valuation. Um, and again, the, the personality thing, and, and you know maybe he pisses and moans and, and has a bad year as a result, but I think that's the way to handle it. So I think the Ravens, a model organization in negotiation. The other team, unfortunately, <laughs> that I, I have to compliment is the Philadelphia Eagles um, with Darius Slay specifically, who is on a pretty good contract. He's getting like 16, he's three years, 50 million, I believe. And the and apparently he wants a new contract. He's still in the middle of his of his deal. And the Eagles are like, okay, go go find a trade partner. You're free to free to to test the market. And apparently, I didn't know 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 this, but apparently they did the same thing with Fletcher Cox last year, and he ended up testing the waters and seeing no one out there wanted him. And he came back to the Eagles. And, and I'm sure that's going to happen with Darius Slay, being that he's a 32-year-old corner and is already getting paid probably probably about what he's worth. But I, I doubt there's going to be, you know, maybe a de- desperate team, you know, like the Broncos or someone. But, you know, you got to trade for him as well as, get, as probably overpay. So th- this is, I think, where the Cowboys really suck is this it's just the negotiating part and and the ability to stand your ground with your players and and the ability to realize what kind of what level of player 
you have and stick yeah. to that. If you have an elite player, I think that's worth its weight in gold. And I'm okay playing, paying top of the market for a Jalen Ramsey, a Micah Parsons, even, even a CeeDee Lamb, who's not, I don't think he's the best receiver, but he's in that tier. Yeah. I don't think Trayvon Diggs is. And, and I, I, the the guy who I've heard thrown out recently is Tyler Biotish. Tyler Biotish should not get a second contract. He had he, he got better rookie year to second year, but he did not progress enough to, to get it. He, he's a fine guy on a rookie deal. You can win with Tyler Biotish's across your team on rookie deals, but on second contracts, that's going to kill you. And and that's what I'm afraid of is us overpaying for. I mean, the worst case is we overpay for Diggs. We pay Tyler Biotish a ten million a year contract or something stupid like that, and then we can't sign Mike Parsons because Mike Parsons is out here looking at other teams making big moves and going after Jalen Ramsey's and Javon ah. Hargraves and is like, what the hell? I'm trying to win. That's my that's my fear. Uh, well, I think I think sometimes you have to overpay. Like I, I mean, yeah. and I would overpay a little bit for Dalton Schultz because I think he's that important, and I don't think that you can risk that position to somebody who is unproven. Um, whether it be, even if it's Kincaid, and I don't think I don't want to spend a first round draft pick on a tight end either. Um, but you know, in free agency, it goes both ways, and you got to look at it that way. And the Cowboys. If they overpay a little bit for Schultz, I think that's okay because they're underpaying J. Ron Curse and Lee Cooker, as far sure. as I'm concerned. So Definitely. you know, you, you you get hurt somewhere, but you make up for it somewhere else. And um, I, I'm just going to stick with my I want to keep Dalton Schultz unless somebody offers him crazy money. What? So what do you consider crazy money versus reasonable money? I'd pay I'd pay him up to fourteen a year. Really? Okay. Okay. I think that's around what he'll get, fourteen to fifteen million a year, and and I don't think he's worth it. That and that's a perfect example of, and, and I think it is a little different by position. Tight end is one where it's it's pretty black or white. It's like you've got a Travis Kelsey, a Mark Andrews, a George Kittle, maybe Darren Waller. And I think Kyle Pitts eventually, if he gets utilized, will be in that tier. It's like you got a guy like that or you don't. And and Dalton Schultz, I, I think you can make an argument he's like not too far behind if you rank to those guys. But I think there's a clear drop off in well, what about his importance to this team and to Dak Prescott? I, I think he's I think the the safety valve position, it it's largely a function of, you know, how much he's targeted. Like, I, I think, I, I know there's, I mean, definitely Jason Witten was well, the same look, type of player. You, you know, they went through a lot of years of struggling at tight end. With Eric Bjornsson and David LaFleur, yeah, those guys were right. premium draft picks, and, and they were in a very good offensive system, and they could not replace... Uh, Jay Novacek. First they tried Bjornsson, then they tried LaFleur. LaFleur was a first-round pick. They really wanted Tony Gonzalez. Oops. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I'm just I'm just not since, you know, and, and you know, you you did some research and said that, you know, they could free up what was it, $50, $60 million. Yeah. Okay, if you free it up, then, you know, you can afford to be to go over the top a little bit at certain spots. I think you need to. And, um, you know, but, you know, if, if, if he gets offered a contract that's as ridiculous as the one Connor Williams did, then I would say no, you know. Uh, but, and then, but then you got to find a replacement for him. Right. I, I mean, that's, I think that's my whole thing. The, the combat, there's, there's two things that I think of. One, I do think that Jake Ferguson is a capable backup, and I think tight ends specifically are a position that take a year to develop. I wouldn't have wanted, and, and I still don't want a rookie as like, this is the, the starter at the position. There's certain positions, I'm fine with that. Not a whole lot, but like running back, for example, fine with a rookie. Um, but 
tight end is one of the worst. <laughs> and Jake Ferguson, even just the one year, I think that helps him a lot. But the other thing is, I don't think it's it's not the most, unless it is a Travis Kelsey or one of these elite guys, I don't think it's a premium position. And, and I think you'd argue that for this team and for Dak and, and his yeah. safely valve, it's, it's important. But I don't think, I, I just don't see, I, I see him as a poor man's Jason Witten. And I, and I think in, first of all, Jason Witten was a much better blocker. And that, that definitely plays apart but Jason Witten his role he was definitely a safety valve for both Dak and and Romo but who are you gonna I think throw he the ball was, to I think I think Jake Ferguson can hand oh. I, I think he can be a decent safety valve a decent safety valve well and, and he can Brady have more I think so. I, I think he can, and, and I think he can have. He has a little more explosive explosion than Dalton, Dalton Schultz. I, I think. And if he doesn't replace him, if he doesn't, then then you go. I I do think, and and this is where I probably am thinking in a different direction of the team. I think if you're going to let Dalton Schultz walk, and you're not going to sign a free agent tight end. You gotta go after a receiver high in the draft because I think part of the I, I, equation. I for you. There, I looked at the draft so far. Twenty sixth is not a good spot to be at. I agree. I agree. I, I think. What What is your 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 had your draft magazine? What does your draft magazine think of Jordan Addison? Jordan, they they. Uh, I'll look it up right now. I think they had him second. Okay. But they had him off the board. By but, the way, we by the time we picked. Well, but uh, was this Jordan before Addison, the yeah. combine? And Jordan Addison, you know, here you're taking a chance because he's only—he's a small guy. He's only 175 pounds. Right, and he didn't and, test super well. That's why I think he might fall to us. But I—I well, I think he is. Does he project as anything more than a slot? Yes. Oh, Devontae yeah. Smith he is could, Devontae Smith is an outlier. I, I think. You know, I think he projects similar to in the Devonte Smith, Calvin Ridley, uh, even Chris Olave. He's not quite as fast as Olave, but I, I'd say Ridley probably is his best comp. He, he's definitely an outside guy. I think the, and yeah. I don't know if this is the number one guy, but Jackson Smith and Joba, in Joba, uh, he's more of the. Uh, you know, he played slot almost exclusively in college. Jordan Addison was always an outside receiver. And, and well, he is slight, but he's, I don't think there's a question that he can play outside in his Z well, role. I, I have, I, well, I mean, I have a question about it, and the magazine does too here. They compare him to Jahan Dotson of the Commanders. Dotson's okay. average size and strength have given him his fair share of tests so far as a pro. But his combination of slick route running, reliable hands, and natural separation offer a promising future to the former first-rounder. Addison is a bit taller and even leaner, but he will win in many of the same ways and face similar limitations against strengths. He's likely to follow in Dotson's footsteps as a first-rounder first and an immediate starter. So they, I mean, they do fair. have him going yeah. in the first round. Um, but I, I, don't, I, I see a lot of these guys here... Um, who might be available when we pick um, Addison, Hyatt, say I Flowers. Like Hyatt. I see them as slot Flowers, guys, which yeah, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because there've been a lot of great slot receivers. Right. But you know, we need somebody who can play on the outside, really. Yeah. You know, and I don't even know if these slot guys are going to be available because yeah. there's not, you know, there's not your there's not a lot of your prototypical, you know, two hundred and ten pound. There's none of those guys. Yeah, there's none of the. I mean, the closest is Quinton Johnston, but yeah. I don't want him because I think he's too much of a project. I, I think the and and J John Dotson's a decent comp. I, uh, Addison's a little taller, but a little leaner. Um, I think Addison performed. Let me let me confirm this, but I I think Addison did better in college, and, and maybe Dotson was. Uh, you know, in a less pass happy off. Well, Dotson did uh, did I'm okay, coming. not quite as much, but um, no, that that's not a bad comparison. I I just think Addison 
Zay Flowers, uh, Jackson Smith, and, and Jiba, any of them could walk in and immediately be a solid contributor. And again, if if you know we don't get as much production out of Jake Ferguson as I'm expecting, I think you just lean heavier on the receivers that we have. If we don't add any receivers, then that becomes tougher and, and it's, it doesn't work out quite as well. They need a number two receiver. Yeah. They need a number two outside guy. Well, I, mean, I have they're... no idea who that's going to be because I don't see it coming in the draft yeah. and I don't see it in free agency. And I'm not, you know, if Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham, I don't know what the hell's going on with the guy, but I keep reading that he, he's demanding crazy money. Yeah. Uh, the, Jerry Jones does seem to be hooked on him. But $20 million a year for Odell Beckham at his age, no. with his injuries, and with that the brain that that moron has, yeah. I mean, nope. no way. No yeah. no freaking way. Yeah. He, um, and apparently we decided not to visit one of his, uh, yeah. his pr- workouts or something. So, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that's not going to be a route. I, th- there were <laughs> – one of these guys got – Got already got taken actually on a pretty decent deal. One of the few deals I saw that I was like, okay, I, I probably would have done that. But there were three guys that were pegged at, where we were the favorites to sign. One being Patrick Peterson, who signed with... Uh, who did he sign with? He signed with someone, and I remember it was two years, $14 million, $7 million a year, which I think is, is reasonable for what he is now, which is a zone cover corner and the other two were Odell Beckham and Julio Jones who I mean I I would trust Odell a little more than Julio at this point but definitely not not even remotely close to 20 million a year and and Julio would just be like you know kind of like a Tyrone Smith at this point like a guy that you want on your bench and, and who might make a play every once in a while but you can't expect anything more than that um so yeah i i will say there's some you know i wouldn't wouldn't mind if we signed a tight end in free agency and like the second wave that that's what it looks like we're kind of targeting is guys in the second wave um like let's see who do we like Foster Moreau. Honestly, probably my ideal guy, and and he might get paid way more than I'm willing to pay him. But Irv Smith Jr., who played for the Vikings, um, he he's a guy that has upside at the position, and and tight end is a position that it takes a while to develop. Um, and I think he's a guy that could break out. And, and we might still be able to get him at a reasonable price right now. But um, one of the guys that I really liked at guard to replace um, to replace Connor McGovern got signed already. Nate Davis signed with the Bears for $10 million a year, which is more than I was willing to pay. I was, I was thinking we could get him for like 6 or $7 million. But um, I still think there's some decent guards out there that that would at least be uh comparable to Connor McGovern if not improvements over him Will Hernandez being probably the top one uh Justin Pugh wouldn't mind him um but yeah I I don't don't expect us to make any splash signings the first round of free agency I, I could see us, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we'll sign some guys in the second or third wave. I doubt we sign Bobby Wagner. Uh, for the right price, I would take him, uh, but I I don't see that happening. What's uh, the right price for Bobby Wagner? I would say 7 or $8 million. Yeah, like that's what li- I would say. A little less than last year, yeah. yeah. On a short deal, one or two years. Yeah. Um, Jamel, oh, I got to say, Jamel Dean re-signing with the Bucks for $13 million a year, that is a great deal, I think, for the Bucs. Um, I, I was thinking he would get $15 million a, a year, and even that would be a good deal. I, I think his true market value is, is like $17 or $18 million. He has been just rock solid since he, since he came into the league. So that one kind of hurt um 
Yeah. Oh, uh, one of the releases that caught my eye, um, not that I think there's any chance we'll sign him, but Calais Campbell, the Baltimore Ravens cut him. And he's a guy, he's like the defensive lineman equivalent of Jason Peters. Like he's very old, yes, but the dude just still can play football very well. Like, he would immediately be our best defensive tackle if we signed him. Um, and I think you could get him for for very, very little. Um, so of the, like, semi-realistic options out there, I, I would say that, yeah, probably guard Will Hernandez, someone like that would be my, you know, my ideal choice. Um and then defensive tackle, I think Calais Campbell, I think uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, I think he could get over a little overpaid, but uh, I like him as a player. Like Sheldon Rankins is another pretty decent, uh, you know, second or third wave of free agency guy, uh, Matt Ioannidis. So I think there's there's definitely some decent decent players to be had whether or not we sign any of them is is the magic question but um yeah it was, it was funny when we first freed up the three million from just Dak and, and Zach Martin a lot of people were like are we uh like about to make a splash move and I was like that doesn't we could have freed up a lot more room than than this like this just means we're trying to get up you know where we can sign our free agent class. Like those two moves alone freed up like where we had, we were going to be like 15 million under the cap with that. Uh, and again, we chose not to free up, to restructure Demarcus Lawrence. At the time, we chose not to restructure uh, Michael Gallup, Tyron Smith, Zeke Elliott. Um, so yeah, I mean, right now, 22 million. And then we've got, if we either take a get Zeke or Tyron Smith to take a really big pay cut or post June 1 release them that frees up another like 20 million. So then we're like 42 million and if we wanted to we could make some real moves. Um I don't think we I don't I I think we will either cut or restructure both of those guys. I'd cut Tyron Smith. That and enough is enough with him. He's 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 got one foot in the grave. He's got one foot in the grave, and it's an injured foot. Yeah, I don't want him on the team. Say that about Zeke too. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't Zeke, be Zeke can Zeke, Zeke can get lost too. Zeke is of no value to us. He's easily replaceable in the draft. Tyron Smith can still play, but if you right. can't if you can't walk, it's hard. You know, if you're you're injured eighty percent of the time, you know, uh, I'm not going to keep you. You know, they're. I think they they plan on keeping him and starting him at left tackle. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that at all. I I was well, arguing with someone. Yeah, yeah, I see it. I, I was arguing with someone on online about this, and he was saying his argument, which I I don't hate as much as this plan. His argument is we draft someone who could be starting left tackle and move Tyler Smith into left guard. You just drafted a left tackle. He's really good. Right. That And that's my argument. And and what I was saying is, based on my my priors of this guy, which were going into the draft, I, I had... I hated the pick, but it was because of his floor. It wasn't because of his potential. I knew he had the this ability and the talent. Offensive and defensive. Say that again. It's a bad class for tackles. Offensive, offensive and tackles. Defensive. I would. It depends on what's the. I forget the guy's name, but there, there's a guy from Northwestern who some people have at Skoranek. I think his name is. I think he's he's a little bit of a tweener, kind of like a Zach Martin, where he has short arms. But I think that guy's a stud. Probably no matter what pl- position you play him. But after him, there is a drop-off. It's like defensive tackle. There's Jalen Carter, and then there's everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, and and Skronik's not not Jalen Carter. Um, But, but yeah, I mean, there's a few guys like Paris 
Johnson, I think, from Ohio State, he he would be. I, I wouldn't mind him at twenty six, but I don't guard, think guard might give them the best value at twenty six. I don't love guard at twenty six. I think the the guy, the kid from uh, Florida, would really be the only guy that kind Torrance. of makes sense there. Yeah, Torrance, the Man Mountain. Yeah, but really, what I would like to do this would be my ideal scenario if we don't find a guard in free agency that we like and is reasonably priced would be still go you know receiver or cornerback if we don't sign someone in the first whichever's you know the best player available and at 58 my guy is uh john michael schmitz from uh minnesota who can play he, he was a center at minnesota but I think he could he could play guard if we needed him. And then next year, you kick him into center, let Tyler Biotish walk, and then go get a, a guard in free agency or, or Well, that, that 26 spot is not – I mean, I haven't done a lot of research. You've done more than I have. But what I'm seeing, it's not it's not looking real good. It's looking like guard or slot receiver it's, are going to be the, yeah. the only things that present a decent value there. Yeah. I, I would agree. And if one of the top corners somehow plummets, but I, I don't see that. I, I think there's going to be there's going to be some corners that I wouldn't hate there, but but the guys that I would be thrilled about would be Jackson Smith and, J- and Jeba, who I don't think will fall, and then Jordan Addison, who I do think there's a decent chance will fall. And, and that's kind of it. That there's some corners again that I wouldn't mind. Uh, I wouldn't mind Torrance at guard, but I wouldn't be thrilled about it either. Um, but who knows? There might be someone that I'm not expecting to fall. Who will? Um, but but yeah, I mean Tyler Smith. My, my there was nothing I saw last year to change my estimated ceiling of him. Like you know my. My priors on him was here's a guy with a crazy high ceiling who's got all the talent in the world and the upside. He just has no earthly idea how to play the position. And the biggest knock you can have on him is for his rookie year is, you know, he still is inconsistent with his handwork, and yet he's still turned in a season, which, as I talked about a couple shows back, was comparable to just about every great left tackle in the league, in the PFF era. Like, the only guys that were d- clearly better than him were guys like Tyron Smith and Joe Thomas. And like, you uh, think he was better than Cross and the other guy whose name I can't pronounce? Yeah. I mean, I'd say not, not a, a substantial amount better, but, yeah, better than Cross. And Cross is a guy who I don't think has the ceiling. Like that was the thing about him is he was a he was a guy that his pass protection was as pro ready as anyone in the class. And and he was fine, but you know, not much better than Tyler Smith and and Tyler Smith has a much higher ceiling. Uh, I think Iki Aquanu, I'm assuming that's who you're talking about, the guy yeah. on Panthers he he had kind of a similar season to Tyler Smith. He he had a lot of struggles early on, worse struggles I would say than Tyler Smith, and then he came on strong at the end. So projecting forward, it wouldn't shock me if Iki Aquanu was became better than Tyler Smith, but it also wouldn't shock me if Tyler Smith was the best left tackle out of this class based on his rookie year. If, well, if I had to put a bet on it, it would be it would be one of those two. Um, well, I, I see. I think that I think that they're going to address wide receiver in free agency or trade. I I wouldn't I wouldn't mind trade. Um, I don't think there's anyone worth getting in free agency. I mean, besides a guy like a another T. Y. Hilton, James Washington, like uh, you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel type. Yeah. There's just no one. Worth... I heard that they regret letting Cedric Wilson go now, even though he had a poor down season with the Dolphins. They thought he would have flourished in our system. Yeah, I, I think he, I think he would have. I mean, like the, the guys we're talking about are like like Marvin Jones. I, I wouldn't hate Marvin Jones on a. 
reasonable contract. A lot of people are talking about Adam Thielen, who, who the Vikings cut, but I don't think he's very. I think he's washed. I, I think I think you might as well just keep T. Y. Hilton, who at least has some deep speed. You know, Adam Thielen, even in his prime, wasn't that fast, and now he's, you know far away from his prime or I actually I wouldn't mind Miko Hardman I, I feel like he's probably going to get overpaid but at least he like I want someone who has some semblance of juice like that that's that's something I think is missing from our receiver position and even if it's a guy that's kind of you know limited to that one thing like a Miko Hardman or a Paris Campbell I wouldn't mind someone like that. I think DJ Chark is going to get overpaid by someone. I, I wouldn't mind him on the right deal, but I don't think we're going to get him for a reasonable amount. So, yeah, I, I would say... But, but, yeah, none of those guys thrill... None of those guys scream to me, okay, we're done with the receiver now that we've signed Mecole Hardman. Like, I think it's still going to be important that we addressed it in the draft and, and unless we trade for for some big name guy and, and there's definitely guys to be traded for like deandre hopkins might get i i'm i mean 100 percent deandre hopkins will get traded i i write that down guarantee i think there's a very high chance mike evans gets traded because the bucks like we did with amari cooper they They've been restructuring guys, and they chose not to restructure his contract, which is a, a telling sign, I think. So, you know, neither of those guys, I think, is a... And then, you know, Stefan Diggs is the other name gets tossed around. I think Diggs would be the one guy that I think would be a, a great addition and would fit with Dak Prescott and his style of play. Yeah. I mean that's that's kind of the one. Well, it's going to be an interesting week. Um, yeah. I hope we don't get uh, bled. I hope we don't bleed any more free agents like that, uh, like Connor Williams. Somebody getting offered uh, a deal that uh, you know we wouldn't even think twice about uh, matching. Connor but you know, it remains to be seen. You said Connor Williams. I'm assuming you mean uh, Connor McGovern. McGovern. Yeah, yeah. Uh, same thing. Yeah, yeah. Mediocre left. So, all right. But uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back next week to uh, break down the rest of free agency and uh, talk a little more draft and uh, how the free agent turnout will affect our draft, which it certainly will, one way or the other. So, thanks all for tuning in this week, and uh, we'll be back for another episode next week. Until then.